Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Black Power, BB48, Mile Hotel, Welcome to Feet on the Ground Radio. You know what it is. It's your brother, Ball. We're getting it in nice tonight. Think Tank Thursday. You know how we do. We're going to take uh, some good information. We got a special today. We got us an uh, 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 interview we got going on. We got our brother Floyd Williams coming in. He's going to be dealing with his book, The uh, Holy Black Papyrus. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. Oh. 
man in chief of your black freedom fighters in North America, bringing you the latest news of your fight black underground. Hang on, liberation. I dedicate this program to the National Guard, but with special hillbilly music. And according to the press and television, God spends all his time playing basketball with kids and helping old ladies across the street. But we know better, don't we? We know about that 14 year old girl that you have because that shot there is back in a people like me in a black business. It's almost time. Ten seconds. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We are sure that you cannot record the question is that you can't even hold the level with automatic
Like Power BB48. My whole chat, what's going on out there tonight, family? You know what it is. We like to come in strong with a. Uh, I know y'all hear me clear right now. And to come in strong with a praise, Nat Turner, or glory to God, be born in the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad, praise Harriet Tubman, glory to Ida B. Wells, along with the spirit of Sister Fanny Lou Hamer. We're getting it in nice, nice tonight. Let me see how we make sure my lines is open. We got to get these lines open. These lines are muted and everything. Get everything nice and right. Let me see what's going on here. Look at some audience right here. Let me see. All right. Um, Begin the lines open. Uh, let me see if my brother, brother uh, Floyd out there. Brother Floyd, you out there? Yeah, I'm out here, brother. Black Power. I'm on the uh, line. Black, black Power. Black Power, son. You know what I mean? We we just we just setting up, let a little intro come on there. You know, give a little opening and everything, let everybody know exactly what's going on. Like like we said tonight, tonight is uh we're gonna be dealing with the author, Floyd Williams. Uh brother has a book, the Holy Black Capitalist, <laughs> uh, four words with our brother the general Sarah Sumasetti. <laughs> we're gonna do a little review, let the brother go over the uh the book, let you know when you can get a hard copy. You know, definitely get that, put it in your library, mine is ordered, you know. Um, so I'll be waiting for that to come from, come from the publisher and get here. And I'll be looking forward to it. But in the meantime, between time, though, I do, I do have uh, in my possession an electronic copy, so I can't go along with a few things that the brother um, is um, going along with. I'm going to ask him a couple questions about certain things inside of the book. And we're just going to have an all-around good time. We're going to let the brother converse with us about the things that he see going on in the community, where we should be headed, which is the BB for Holy Eight, his, um, you know, how he would envision us moving and the things that got him to, to write in the book. But first, we're going to let the brother just give a little intro, a little opening bio of his own, uh, of what he got going on with his own self, and we'll move from there. All right, Tom, brother. Okay. Uh, well, Black Power family and... uh. I want to, first of all, you know, thank you for having me on the show. You know what I'm saying? It's a privilege, you know what I'm saying, to be able to uh, be invited on here and to always, uh, you know, commune with the family, no matter whether whether it's personally, in person, or through the airwaves. You know, it's a blessing. You know, the black media network is very important. This is very important. Uh, as the brother said, my name is Floyd Williams, and I'm the author of the book, The Holy Black Capitalist, or Papyrus, depending on how you pronounce it. Hold on, hold, on, hold on one second, brother. Hold on one second. We got a little bit of, I don't know who, hold on. Let me see if it, let me see if I can clear this background. I said a little bit That was me, that was me, that was me, OG, that was me. You know what I'm about oh. to say. All right, I'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm a Go ahead and I'll mute, mute my words. mic. I got you. Yeah, I got you. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. All right. We straight? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just, yes, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, pardon me. That was my bad, Black. That was my bad, brother. Okay. Uh, as I was saying, my name is Floyd Williams, and I'm the author of the book, The Holy Black Papyrus. And, uh, you know, I like to refer to the Holy Black Papyrus as our book. Even though I'm the author of the book, it's still our book. 
because everything that I do is only a labor of love and a sacrifice, you know, for the people. You know, it's, it's not for myself. It's for the people. It's for the movement. And uh, and it's just for the black family in general. So I call it Be Holy Black Papyrus. Uh, I'm starting with the title of the book, The Papyrus or Papyrus. You know, people pronounce it different. But the uh, the thing is, though, uh, the papyrus, you know, that's in connection to our ancestors. You know, they came up with that uh, form of paper by beating the uh, cypress, the cypress plant, you know, and they formed the paper out of that, which uh, they wrote the scrolls or the sacred texts and all that other good stuff that uh been passed down to us throughout the generation. And uh, so basically the Holy Black Papyrus would be broken down as the Holy Black Book, basically, being the Holy Black Book. And uh, being a Holy Black Book, and I chose that title most definitely uh, with purpose and intention. You know, I wanted those who were familiar with the word, you know, I, instantly I wanted to put in the person's mind something of sacredness, something of holiness, something to be, you know, revered, you know, and sought after and everything else. So that's the idea I wanted to put in a person's mind of, uh, you know, of it being spiritual, of it being important, and most definitely channeling, you know, other answers, you know, as well. Uh, in this book, The Holy Black Papyrus, I just had wrote a book before The Holy Black Papyrus titled The Origin of Racism. So uh, initially, it was not even on my radar to, to write a book, at least another book. But uh, now I'm just reflecting over the times, and, uh, and I was just inspired. I really was deeply inspired to write this book, The Holy Black Papyrus. And uh, I was able to write the book within a very short time period. But I was really focused on the ancestors as I was writing. And I was focused on my God type. You know, when I say my God type, you know, I mean, you know, Tahuti. Tahuti Asaf. That's who I, that's really who I revere and I look up to and uh, have a strong connection and was deeply attracted to Tahuti. So, uh, only took me about two, three weeks to write the book. You know, I didn't have no problems and complications writing the book. I was flowing as I was writing the book. I wrote on the book nonstop until I was basically exhausted. You know, so I put a lot of energy into the book. And, uh, and I typed the book the same way. But uh, the Holy Spirit Passage is our book, and it's based on uh, black liberation, you know, spiritually, physically, and mentally is what the book is based on. In the book, I'm addressing a lot of the different dogmas and the indoctrination that have uh, been put down on us as a people to uh, defeat us and uh, emasculate us, uh, the men as well as the women, you know. And uh, so the book is basically about Awaken our original spirit of greatness and creativity to getting us back getting us back to the throne, getting us back to positions of power, uh, getting us back to rulership, getting us back to loving ourselves most definitely. So the book is about the 
uh, cultivating uh, a sense of identity and getting us to love on ourselves, you know, through self-knowledge. You know, because if we have a problem with self-hate, that means when we look in the mirror, we see a reflection, our reflection, you know, when we see another brother or sister out there in the streets, we're not going to identify with them. You know what I'm saying? Or we would put that self-hate projected onto that person. So that's what this book is about. It's about the resurrection of the black family. So I most definitely deal with white supremacy in the book, the system of white supremacy. You know, that has to be dealt with. So I deal with that. And in the book, and in the book, I address our biochemistry, you know, our uh, physiology and psychology because those are really the real reasoning behind our continued and perpetual impression since coming in contact with uh, that beast, that white man. So I deal with all that stuff in the book, highlighting our divine nature and going over the nature, you know, of the white man as well. So I'll go ahead and stop at that and let you, uh, you know, brother, do what you do. You know, um, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into some of the different chapters in the book. Uh, I would let me let me go to uh, going. I wasn't. I ain't got through all of the book. I I probably read about I say probably about thirty percent of it, but I, okay. I did check. Yeah, okay. I checked the titles though. Okay, then I also you, tell the family I'm born and raised in Saint Paul, Minnesota. St. Paul, Minnesota, that's my original place of birth. But, uh, you know, about the past, oh, about the past, about the past 15 years, I've been living down south. I had been in Mississippi. I recently just relocated and made it back up to the Midwest. So I'm back in Minnesota now. Well, before we, before I get to what I wanted to get to, which was the foreword, I just wanted to zoom to the foreword, but could you just give the the journey that you went through to get to the point of dealing with? Because I read some of the bio, some of the bio inside of the book. You know what I'm saying? Because that's okay. just the beginning. You know what I mean, it's just the beginning of the book, so I had to read it. So, so in the bio, you just gave a little background of how you got to the point of where you at with dealing with African liberation, with dealing with your African, um, you know, just dealing with an African to the mind and perspective. So I, uh, could you just tell a little bit of your of your journey going through? Wow. Okay, brother. Well, you know, well, definitely was a journey. It was a tumultuous journey. Uh, I learned primarily through trial and error and through struggle. Uh, you know, my father uh, came up. The uh, movement was real strong. Where the segregation really was. Uh, in full effect, you know, in the 40s and 50s in that era. Uh, born and raised in Little Rock, Arkansas. So he was down there. When they was, uh, you know, trying to uh, desegregate the schools and integrate Little Rock Central High School in 57 and whatnot. But uh, so as a youngster, you know, my father tried to implant some seeds in me, uh, dealing, with, dealing with our struggle and giving me certain books to read. 
you know, Malcolm X, he gave me the book by uh, Melba Patelba, uh, Warriors Don't Cry and whatnot. And uh, I came up through some African-American mentoring programs as well. And, you know, but my real journey began, my real journey began, I have to say, when my father passed away. When my father passed away, you know, I really started just looking at life uh, differently and wanted to get, you know, real answers, uh, you know, such as what is the meaning of life, what's the purpose, what is this all about, that I always was drawn to the struggle. You know, when I first came in contact with slavery as a child, it just stuck with me. It just stuck with me about slavery, you know, uh, our people, what they suffered and endured and everything. So that always, that always stuck with me. But, uh, you know, so I always just continued to read. But at that particular time, I fully did not embrace it, you know. I fully didn't embrace it. I more was in tune uh, with the street, you know, and living a fast lifestyle. So um, you know, my feet was, was straddled. I was on both sides of the feet outside of the gate of the fence with it. So I didn't really have a real appreciation of life or the knowledge that I had possessed. But uh but later on I did end up uh I came up as a in a Christian home and then from Christianity I started exploring with Islam and I practiced Islam rigidly, you know what I'm saying, for eight years. And uh you know, and so in two thousand two 2002, I got incarcerated. I got incarcerated, and that's when I had really started practicing Islam. I continued my studies and everything, but uh, today I just define myself, you know, as a born-again African, you know, as I continue to study and uh, come in contact with knowledge. Uh, you know, I, I really got more light shed on Africa and the continent and uh, I come to see that it's just been the origins of everything that we revere. It's been the foundations of what they look at as to be the three major world religions. So, you know, I parted from that and just looked at myself as a born-again African and the African spirituality. I said, strictly with the prototype uh, when, it comes, when it comes to things. I don't get, I don't get caught up in a replica. And so that's pretty much just a, in a nutshell Know, the journey of my struggle, and, uh, and my brother Cyrus Zeddy, of course. Uh, and I brought him, me and him got in contact about three and a half years ago. You know, I had uh, came across his video, I had watched something, I don't remember what it was, but he was featured on there. He was featured on there, though, and uh, that's when I came across him, and ever since then. You know, we managed to, uh, you know, we've been linked up, started talking and conversating. And from there, when I was in Mississippi, I brought him to Mississippi. And, uh, you know, we did a few shows. And uh, I introduced him to the state of Mississippi, brought him down there several times. So that's pretty much just my journey. You know, I'm self-taught, self-educated. I ain't never been to no, graduated from no college or anything like that. So I just started voraciously just going through them books. Just going through the book and doing my own research versus versus accepting something uh, at face value without no investigation, and so that's pretty much just in a 
a real brief synopsis of my journey, how it all began, nothing mystical or, or you know, about it. You know, I just wanted, I just had a real burden inside to know the truth. And I felt, you know, things were, things were not right. I went on my own fact-finding mission and quest, you know, for the answer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. You know, and I brought you to this African consciousness. But, you know, one of the things that I see is that a lot of our people go through, you know, we normally start off as Christians because of, of uh, you know, this is America. You know what I mean? When you live in America, it's, the, it's home of, you know what I mean, of Christianity. That's what the people are dealing with here. So, um, But what I want to do real quick is I want to, I want to read the, some of the foreword right here. And this is the foreword to our brother's book, The Holy Black Pamphlet, our brother Salvatore and Seti, the general, uh, Black Power family. Most of you already know me and my message. I've for years been repeating the same thing, showing and proving the science with sound evidence as taught to me by the master teachers coming through my uncle Piyaki Menkebara, Dr. Joseph Ben Yakanan, and Ashwa Kwesi. The bloodline is unbroken. The message remains the same. Only echo the words and lessons from our ancestors, for this is where our blueprint for survival comes from. As our people, we must hear, we must bear witness to our ancestors so as not to be condemned. In the African tradition, remembrance of our ancestors' supplication to them and calling out their names is believed to calm their spirits. Our only solution is complete global African supremacy. The foundation is black power, and right now, as a people, we have never been in a more critical hour. The worst period ever known to man in history, as a people, we cannot continue to make it on the devil's pity. Even their milk is running dry. Right now in Europe, they're experiencing a negative birth rate, and according to last census, the white man is set to become the minority in America. So ties ahead will only become harder because the peck of wood is not going to go out without a fight in protecting their interests. The Honorable Marcus Garvey and all of our ancestors have told us this. We are in a war and always have been. Nothing has changed. The only difference is that yesterday they gathered for public lynches, whereas today they use the media to broadcast the lynches to their brothers and sisters. We are wanted dead or alive, and just like an outlaw on the run for so long, eventually they increase the bounty on head, just as within our, just with our queen mother, Asada Shakur. The, the same is taking place with us. The bounty has been increased while there is – the bounty has been increased, family, which is why we are having Trayvon Martins, Iona Joneses, James Craig, and James Craig Andersons, and Alfred Rice. As I always say, we must be preparing, looking at maps, buying canned goods, emergency planning, and getting to military science. You can build all the shit you want to, but you must be prepared to defend it, and these beasts religions must be given back. I don't care what it is, Christianity, Islam, or the other, for you will never muster the strength to go against as long as you are praying and seeing the white man's face or the Arabs or the other. Your God must look like you, and, and with mine, I win every time. No one was born with a book strapped to their ass, and no big bad God has ever parted the sky and said, this is my way. Why would, why, would, why would not this big badass God just do this and stop all the killing in his name? Ain't no print and press in the sky. We were born with the divine connection to the spiritual essence of the universe. If not, we would not be here. The holy, 
The Holy Black Papyrus, written by our brother Warrior Floyd, is a book set up for our liberation, connecting the dots to the original prototype of the spiritual system that was stolen from Mother Africa before the corruption of sacred teachings, as well as the schemes of the beast exposing his psychology in the vast white supremacy system. I signed off on this book, Seven Star General Sarah Sutton, Black Power Cartel. And the beat before Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a hard forward right there. Yeah, that was hardcore. You know, when I read that, I just felt it was to read what you had in there. You know, like I said, that's why I really want to, I'm waiting for my hard copy to come. I guess I already ordered I ordered it earlier today. You know what I'm saying? Um, I sent the links out to some people, you know. Uh, I got to make sure I put that link in the chat room, too. Let me, let me do that and uh, make sure everybody got the link to that book. But, you know, I, I seen that, I was like, I said, yeah. I said, this is tough right here. I said, no, this is tough. I said, I liked it. You know what I mean? The table of contents was thorough, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know which, you know, uh, we did your biography. So, you know, the, um, and I guess, you know, the, uh, we did it to the people of Africa. And how you broke down Africa? Could you could you um, just touch that? Your first chapter, the, um, the chapter okay. on people of Africa. Okay, well, uh, dealing with that, you know, Africa, the word uh, is very uh, very meaningful and deep. And what, the way I broke the word down is because it does have a science. Uh, it does have a science to it. Uh, the AF, the AF in Africa, I break it down as having the same functioning as the prefix uh, AB, you know, such as uh, AB original, okay? And so the AF in Africa operating as that would mean to come from or to derive from, representing uh, a point of origin or beginning. Okay, so the AF or the AF, the first two letters, has that function as the prefix AB, meaning to derive from, to come from, or beginning. And then we have the rock, which most people is familiar with, the rock representing uh, God or the creative force or operative power of the universe, which is rock. And the cuff which is the soul, or the spirit, rather. So Africa meaning from the spirit of God or from the soul of God, okay? And that's how I break it down in the book, because as a people, we are, uh, we are God's direct uh, descendant and intimately uh, connected, connected with, being one with, because we have, we are melanated because of the melanin that's in our body. So we are direct descended and direct being of, of Ra, you know, one and truly one with the universe. And that's where we get our power from and our ability from, our creativity from, you know, our spiritual experiences and just our connection able to do so many things on so many different levels, and it's the reason why we're able to ascend and climb the way that we um 
where we have been, have, have been, you know, as the people as far as introducing philosophy, religion, spirituality, and just all of the high sciences uh, that the world and that our civilization and society is based on, you know, that breakdown of that word, Africa, and just the, the connection, the connection with that force, which is an energy. Okay, I like that. What you say to me real quick, big bro? What you said it meant again? Say it again. He said, "Go ahead and give it to him the whole the whole meaning, just a, a, a quick synopsis, so he can get it all together, bro." Okay. Well, Africa, the word Africa means from the soul or from the spirit of God. You know, and the uh, the first two letters, the F, as a functioning as the prefix ab, you know, ab, you know, ab is the prefix, and that word means to derive or come from, to emanate from, to start from, to originate, you know, to be a part of, you know, and the ra, and the ra just made reference to the operative power, creative force, life-giving force of the universe. And the ka, and the ka, is that same creative force that everything begins with. You know, that, that, that that's the spirit. That's the spirit. Mm-hmm. That's the activating force. And that's what Africa means. That, that, that's what it designates, you know, mm-hmm. coming from, being, being at one with, being at harmony with. And that's us, the black man, the black man. You know, we're very, very unique people, uh, very unique makeup that's unmatched, that is unmatched. You know, there's no other being around <laughs> like us, whether it's, whether it's on the terrestrial realm or the extraterrestrial realm. We are it. We are it. We would everybody emulate. Mm-hmm. I, I say to that. I feel that, black man. Well, thank you, big bro. I like that, big bro. Yeah, you know, and uh, that's my, that's one of my co-hosts right there. That's our brother, Little. I got several other co-hosts. Um, they, they might chime in. But they're pretty much still going to let you flow for a little bit. We'll just go back and forth, and then and then after we finish with the book, they'll go ahead and make sure they ask some, some pertinent questions. But family, you know, if they got, you know, if you want to chime in, all you got to do is say part of stuff. You know, you just want to uh, get something in. But with that, we're going to move on because you got praise be to the now is the next is the next chapter. And, uh, you know, I might not hit every chapter, but we're going to hit uh, uh, a couple of them. And I think Praise Be to the Now is a very important chapter that you got in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And, and you know, you started off with, the, you know, just talking about the Now Valley Civilization and, and some of the great pyramids. And, just and you know, just uh, give us a little overview, if you could, uh, uh, of that chapter, Praise Be to the Now. Okay, well, the praise, praise be to the Nile. You know, the Nile Valley civilization, which is uh, which is where we have, you know, our beginnings at, which is where we have our beginnings at. And, you know, the Nile Valley uh, does come from or emanate, has its origin in the white and the blue Nile. You know, it's the white and the blue Nile. And so we have in the papyrus of Hunefa where it says that we come from the foothills of the mountain of the moon, where God uh, 
happy dwell. Okay? And so the Nile Valley civilization is the key and it's the origin where everything comes from. All of these major world religions uh, that the people revere, uh, be it Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, it has its foundation along that Nile Valley civilization. You know, uh, you know. So I'm just breaking that down and outlining that to try to make a connection back to the continent. So, uh, you know, just for some of the listeners who may not be uh, that may not be in tune or aware, okay. Uh, in the biblical text, you have the story of uh, a Jesus, okay, and his father is Joseph and his mother is Mary. Well, Jesus was uh, stolen from Heru or Horus, and uh, Joseph, Joseph really would be operating as a star or Cyrus, and uh, Mary is uh is all set or ice in the book. And originally those characters are African, but they changed the name so that we cannot make the connection to our greatness and our potential. So in the book Praise Be to the Nile, I'm pointing all this stuff out so that we can, you know, connect the dots. I'm building on the language as well especially in the Arabic, I'm building on the language because in the Arabic, um, dealing with the e- one of the evening prayers, you have Asla. You have Asla. And when you break down the word Asah, taking away the vowels, you left with the same root words that form the Asla prayer, the A, the S, and the A. So the Asla prayer was stolen off the name Asah, and the Psalmist Lord of the perfect black and the Asa is an evening, is an evening prayer. Is an evening prayer. Okay? And so I'm pointing out stuff like that in that chapter and pointing out the origin, you know. And then in the book is where it speaks about Moses being learning all of the ways of the Egyptian, you know. And so Moses had his whole life, he was raised as an African. And as an Egyptian, you know, he was born in Africa and he was raised in there the whole time. The only thing he knew to give those people when they requested instruction was what he got out of Egypt or came out of Africa. He didn't know nothing else. So I'm pointing that out. And so the Ten Commandments, uh, so-called Ten Commandments, is plagiarized from the 42 pages of confession. Uh, I make a connection. Uh, point that out and point that out in the book Praise Be to the Nile and so you know just the Nile Valley civilization is just so rich it's just so rich and people is caught up in the replica versus the prototype which is why we don't truly have you know the necessary power that we should be in because in reality uh, calling, calling the pawn calling upon God or how we identify with God by the wrong name, you know, by the wrong tongue. So I'm really trying to make connections and tie us back and tie us back to the continent. And then there I build on, uh, you know, even Imhotep, 
I build on them whole tip in the book, you know, because all that's connected with the Nile Valley civilization and the Imhotep was worshipped in the white world by the Greeks and the Europeans and the world over as a god. He was deified as a god, the the world's first uh, multi-genius and uh, vizier or or prime minister of uh, Pharaoh Zosa. He he, uh, designed and uh, designed and did the architecture work and building of the... uh, the step pyramid, you know, the building of the step pyramid. Since on that chapter, I give honor to him, Hotep, as being the real father of medicine, the real father of medicine about 2,000-some years before before the hypocrite, uh, Hippocrat, you know, which the doctors take, you know, the Hippocratic Oath. And in the military, in the military they have, uh, you know, they love symbols, but they change the symbols. It changed the symbols up, so I'm addressing that and dealing with that in the book. In the military, and you can look this stuff up, uh, in the military they have what is called the staff of Ascopolis or Asclepius. They had their staff, but Ascopolis, that's the Greek name for Imhotep. Ascopolis is Imhotep, and Imhotep is Ascopolis. So I point that out in the book. You know, I'm pointing out the uh the origin of, of of the medical producers, you know, in the book with with the staff, uh, with the snakes, uh, intertwined, crisscrossing this way of of the medical producers, which they call the staff, uh, you know, the, uh, a mercury, but it's really but it's really Tahuti or it's thoth. So all these sciences that we have, you know, dealing with the DNA. Uh, the DNA, the DNA helix, or the, or the double helix, you know, that, that's what that medical producer symbolizes. But in, in, in that book, I'm just giving honor to the Nile Valley Civilization to point out a lot of his contributions that things that uh, it is the origin and the father, father, for, father of, but don't necessarily uh, get the credit or the reference for it because it's been put out there in the in a white name, so we can't make the connections to ourselves. That's what that book, Praise Be to the Nile, is. is, And that's a very important chapter of the book, Praise Be to the Nile. So I'm really trying to connect people back to the continent, back to the continent, back to honoring Africa, and just Hmm. seeing it as being uh, what it is, you know, the mother. The mother is just called Mother Africa for a reason. And, you know, mm-hmm. and in the book I posed the question, who would turn their back on their mother? Who would turn mm-hmm. their back on their mother? Nobody in a rational mind would turn their back on their mother. But as the people, when we turn our back on Africa, then we have turned our back on our mother. And when you do that, you cannot expect blessings upon doing that. You can't expect blessings turning your back on your uh, on Africa or turning your back you know, on your ancestors. So, mm-hmm. and I point all that out in that book, in, you know, or, or that chapter. Praise be to the Nile. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and the, the next chapter I think is, is is equally important. You know what I mean? And that and that chapter is dealing with the black woman is God. Oh, oh yeah. So you know, just to go right along with that, you know, just to you know. Because as, as the bubble, the general was saying, it is it's a book more in line, like a lot of the chapters, a lot of things that's mentioned in here more in line with um, 
corrective of nature, you know what I'm saying, getting us back to our natural selves, just correcting our nature and how uh, how we look at the world and, and you know, and, and ways to take off the frame of that, you know, that crackatosis. Uh, but uh, I've got to see crackerized. Got to see crackerized, deprogram ourselves, and, you know, in order for us to truly get free and break this hole, because that's truly how you control us. It's psychologically, but once we get back to Africa, then, you know, we'll be free. We'll be just as pure, you know, mentally and spiritually before we had any contact with the beast. Mm-hmm. Now, on that, uh, the black woman is God, you know, that, that throws off a lot of people. The black woman is God, you know, and, it, and you know, and it shouldn't. But uh, you know, I come across a lot of people, a lot of women, and some of them, when I call them goddess, you know, it, it throws them off. I could tell they, you know, they, they, they're not used to being referred to like that. Then some of them even reject it, you know, because they stuck in their mind on Jesus being God or Allah being God. So, you know, we've been so beat up to the point where we've been referred to as gods and goddesses. We don't. We lost that connection with our divine nature. We lost that connection with our divine nature. But just hinting, uh, building on the title, the black woman is God. The black woman is God. And as a people, as an African people, the society, the society that we were based on was called a matrilineal or a matriarchal society. Okay, and the matriarchal society is where the woman is the center of society. She's the center of the world. She's the center. She's the most important, okay? She's the most respected, the most exalted, everything. She's the center. Nothing is bigger or more important than her uh, except the child, except the babies, except the babies. And in and, uh, and in the masculine society, so the man was warrior first, scholar second, and uh, they defended, they defended that woman. It was it wasn't no no disrespect going on dealing with the woman. So at, when we based on the masculine society, we was more we was more cordial with each other. We were more compassionate. We had more heart. Uh, you know, we had more love because then. Not only being connected with the woman like that physically, it connects you with my eye. It connects you with the feminine uh, energy of the universe, of that life force. And so, you know, just as the people, we originally, we looked at God in an androgynous fashion. Androgynous mean male and female. That's how we identify with the greatest being male and female, it wasn't just all masculine. It was not all just strength. All male, we looked at God as masculine and feminine. And from that, the black woman is God because she, when you look at the woman, bringing forth that life, she's cherishing, she's sustaining, she's fashioning, she's molding, she's doing all of this in the womb and outside of the womb. Okay? And the child, when it is born, it innately, it innately, it naturally, it gravitates toward the female, towards the mother. That's what it wants. Naturally, this is what it wants. You know, some kind of way, it, 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 
is instinctual, but it knows this, and, and that's where they gravitate towards the mother. And if the mother decides not to breastfeed or feed that baby, then it can't have life. So right there in that instance, in that act, the mother has the control of life and death, okay? Has the control of life and death, but the black woman is God, and the most sacred aspect of the creator is the feminine, is the feminine aspect of quality, because that is what brings forth life. When we get to looking at the plant life, dealing with botany, even the plant has a reproductive organ, it's called the pistol. You know, it's called it's called the pistol. That's the reproductive organ of the plant. You know, everything that brings forth life is feminine, and it has a womb dealing with the black hole. It has a womb, okay, dealing with the Milky Way. It has, it has a womb. So everything that's responsible for bringing forth life, it is feminine in nature. It attributes, um, its attributes are feminine. You know, the attributes are feminine. And so the black woman is God based on, based on that because she's responsible for life. She brings forth life, you know, and the life and the quality of life is based on and determined on the woman because the woman is the first child. The woman is the first teacher of the child, is the first teacher of the child. And the earliest figures of earliest figure in religion that would worship was the figure of the woman, was the woman. And everybody today they call the earth Mother Nature, referred to it as Mother Nature. And even that uh, is African in principle because dealing with the metuneta, uh dealing with the sacred speech, uh, what many know is dealing with the hieroglyph, the word for mother is moot, M-U-T, is moot, okay? And then the netter, the netter makes reference to the God, but netter also makes reference to nature, which is why the first earliest figures or the earliest center of religion was the worship of the woman, was the worship of the woman. So even the word Mother Nature itself is comedic, it's African, and it gives honor to the woman as being God. Then when we look at the uh, Catholicism or religion, the most sacred Virgin Mary, the Black Madonna, is the black is the black ones. It's not the white ones, but it's the black ones. Okay, it's the black one. So even a white man bears witness to the black woman being God. Everybody bows down at the feet of the black woman. Okay, and which is why even during slavery, when we were regarded as subhuman, not being, not being man, not being human. The white beast, they still, they still call the black woman mammy. And mammy is only a slang word for mama. So even at our lowest point, they still worship and look and gave, and gave the woman the title mom through calling the mammy and still, still allowed the child to be breastfed at that black breast. Okay? So you know, the black woman is God. And as a black people possessing a dominant gene, okay, possessing a dominant gene, establishes the black woman as being the mother of the planet. She's the first of the planet. All life comes from her. All of the colors come from her. Black is only black because it is absorbed 
all of the rays of the uh, all of the rays from the sun, all the different various color spectrum and colors. It, that's why it's black, you know. So possessing that diamond, the gene established her as the first, as the first. She's the mother of the earth, the mother of civilization. And then later on down the line, you know, the scientists come up with a uh, mitochondrial Eve. You know, and mitochondrial Eve, people look that up, but they say, you know, all people supposed to come from mitochondrial Eve, and they take it back like 250,000 years. You know, so everybody acknowledges the black woman is God. You know, the black woman is God. You know, like, like produces like. Like produces like. And just building off of that story, a deal of what Christ and Mary gave birth, and Mary gave birth to Jesus. <laughs> you know, a man can't be greater than his mom. A man can't be greater than his mom. So if you say Jesus is God, then damn well Mary. Mary has to be God. You see what I'm saying? So as a people, as African people, we never mention the the goddess without talking about the God or the God without talking about the goddess. Okay, so the black woman is God. That's just a real deep subject. I could go on and on talk various reasons and explanations for for the black woman being God. You know, but it's a good. That's that's another good chapter in the book. Mm. I want to skip another. I'm gonna skip a few chapters and go to the uh, the chapter called the Spirit Within. Because I think right now, just under the midst of some of the things we got going on, I think that, that that's a, a excellent chapter to hit on and contextualize it along with some of the things that's going on right now. The Spirit Within. Yeah, yeah, brother. Just if you could, just go. You know, if you could, just give an overview of the, of the chapter for the family. Oh yeah, but the spirit within, though, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> and the spirit within, I'm just the spirit within. This is talking about the how we could perceive God, but not fully, but not fully grasp. You know, because the fully grasp something is to understand. Okay, the fully grasp is to fully understand. You know, but the spirit within, I'm just pointing out our divinity, our divinity as a people, and how basically from the spirit that we have within being the same as the spirit without. You know, we are a, a, a microcosm of the macrocosm. And it's from this that the concept of eternity or immortality really comes from. You know, because as, as a people, our ancestors always was the thinking people, always was given over the thought and contemplation. And all the sciences came from observation of the universe and of nature. And so it came to the conclusion that the same spirit and life force that is prevalent throughout the universe, it is their composition. It's one and the same. You know, the life force in the universe is the same life force 
that's in the man. And it is from this that the concept of immortality comes from because energy does not perish. Energy does not perish. It does not go away. Energy is eternal. The only thing energy does is change its form. Okay, so in this book, in that chapter, the spirit, the spirit within, I'm outlining people trying to make sense and grasp uh, in totality the spirit without trying to de- trying to define Ra, trying to define this life force that the universe is based on, and, 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 and it's out of trying to define this spirit within, you know, trying to intimately connect with it that all of the different various schools of philosophy was born out of, of searching for definitions uh, and ways to explain it, you know. So it's from that that the philosophy comes from, it's from that that the various different names of the creator comes from and then with uh, and then with the variation of tongues that come later on. You know, we get these many different names and philosophies, but the philosophies and different names of God, you know, comes from trying to it comes from trying to define the undefinable. And so that's what I'm going going over within that spirit within and just showing how our ancestors' mind worked and how they reached the uh, conclusion uh, that they did. You know, and just going on the spirit within and connecting with the spirit without. Uh, you know, we call my art. My art is a cosmological force as well. My art is a cosmological force as well and is the counterpart of Ra. You know what I'm saying? So we're back to dealing with this duality and the complementary opposite, you know, just the struggle to be in harmony with with oneself, the masculine and the feminine within oneself and outside of the universe. And so that's just what the spirit within is talking about. And, uh, and even within the spirit within, I go over... Uh, just how the mantras and how they just observed the universe, and then from the observation of the universe, they came with the uh, with the zoo, with the uh, zoomorphism. You know, mm-hmm. they came up with that. You know, they came up with that because they studied this and they associated the certain constellations or the movement of uh, this celestial life and body with with certain animals mm-hmm. as well. And so just all of this experience, you know, all, all of this, it, it, it just comes from the observation of nature. You know, mm-hmm. so the, spirit, the spirit within just a real rich chapter, and a person really would have to, uh, you know, get into that one. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely, I, I enjoyed that, but that was, I had just started into there, and that was, and that's the, the last that I was really able to get into but it was another. It was a chapter that I wanted you to uh, touch, um, and that was the chapter "Good Followed by Bad Tricks." And uh, you know, I think that that was it, just the title alone was very interesting. You know, I've seen a couple of different uh, different things that you put in there because right after that you had 
um, that we are at war. And I think that both of those are good, followed by bad, and, and we are at war. They really do mess together real good, having them one after another. And, uh, and if you could, because, you know, um, not only go over the, uh, the good followed by the bad, but also touch on the we are at war. Because, as I said, you know, you wrote it. You know how they go together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, you know what? Uh, if, if, um, so if, uh, if the time permits, I would like to read a little bit from the good followed by bad. No, yo, listen, family, it's on you. I'm saying right now, listen, we're going to take the interview. We're going to let it go. As uh, I got as much time as you need right here on the show. You understand? So go ahead and take your time and read what you want to read. Okay. Well, I'm going to read a little bit from uh, the Holy Black Papyrus, uh, coming from the chapter Good Followed by Bad Tricks. All right. War is spelled. War is Roth spelled in reverse. From that, it is safe to assume that war has many different forms. War can be waged basically through through two ways, either visibly or invisibly. Visibly is straight-up physical confrontation, all up in your face, such as gun in your face, military state, and etc. Now, the invisible form of war is the most deadliest because it relies on the person or persons being unaware, not even knowing they're in a war, much less being attacked. The victim is the instrument of their own undoing. We are getting closer to deadly weapon used in this war. In this war, three main stratagems make it up. Propaganda, deception, and friendship. I want to expound on the last one. The friendship is based on making a person feel that you are operating in their best interest. Removal of analytical thinking. Gaining of trust. In the story of involvement with the white man, misplacement of trust has been the chief weapon used against us. This methodology involves the doing of some good followed up by bad. However, once the bad is done, you never even associate the bad with the good or associate with person or person who has done acts of kindness towards you. In the monumental book, Destruction of Black Civilization by Chancellor Williams, he repeatedly stressed we must see the white man as the enemy. In order to be safe, we must be ever on guard and vigilant. In this state of mind, whenever you are in any type of dealing with the enemy, you engage it as you are in the battle, and the outcome of this is eradication of misplacement of trust. We have to understand, as outlined in the art of war, that the art of war is deception. When a white man does an act of kindness, he has full knowledge of what he or she is doing. Not only, not only that, they see themselves as being the ambassador of the race and have full knowledge of mentality of who they are dealing with. In their mind, the average black man upon receiving a gift. Hold on a second. 
upon receiving of a gift from the white man will equate the so-called act of kindness to the whole damn race. So you start to hear the white man is good. Not all of them are like that. They have changed. Times have changed and so forth. The gift is a throw-off to draw into a web of deception. Okay, that's just a portion of it. I didn't finish reading it. But the uh, the good followed by bad tricks. You know, that is... You know, that is what it is. And, uh, you know, and, and some examples that could be given of that is, like, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln and the Emancipation Proclamation, which he originally came with in 1863. They passed it in 1865 or whatever. But the thing is, though, we looked at that as being as being good. We looked at that as being good, okay? And the word emancipate, dealing with the etymology or the rule of the word uh, in Latin, it is emancipated and only means to free from the hand. That's it, to free from the hand. So looking at that definition of free from the hand, that's just the physical rule. So next they're going to come with the uh, the changing of the law, wording, and uh, go to the psychological game. Okay, but from 1865 when the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, you know, when we're supposed to be being free at the same time, simultaneously, they crafted and came up with the convict lease system. The same year, 1865, they came up with the convict lease system. And this is uh, really the start. Well, I, I ain't going to say the start, but, you know, <laughs> but it's a big key. Because it started one of the causes of dealing with this hyper uh hyper imprisonment, you know, the black male. You know, just like dealing with the language uh in the uh thirteenth amendment, you know, where it says uh slavery is illegal except by way of a felony. So this is some of the good, you know, followed by uh some of the good followed by bad tricks. You know, the change of the language is dealing with the Civil Rights Act to include minorities. You know, we thought, you know, we thought we had got somewhere, but, you know, everybody benefits, you know, from this Civil Rights Act and, uh, you know, basically except for us, you know. You know, you got white women and other minorities going to uh, historically black colleges, you know, getting, um, getting scholarships and getting free rides and everything else, but those are just a, a few examples of good, you know, followed by bad tricks, things meant to deceive us and elude, uh, uh, and just to put us in a state of illusion, you know, feeling as if we had gained some ground, you know, but it was just only, you know, a trick is good followed by bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, let's all move into the war chapter because, like, you know, like I said, they, they back to back. And because okay. it got followed by the bad, and we ended up getting tricked. We, we didn't envision this war that we're in right now. Oh, yeah. Well, we are at war. <laughs> and more people have started to, you know, acknowledge that, you know, and see, you know, that we are in a war. So when that, I'm just um, spelling out the various different ways, you know, that we are targeted in these attacks. You know, it's physical. Um, it's um, it's bio, it's bio warfare. It's 
well, you know, because our makeup is very unique, very unique. If you have a high concentration uh, of melanin in our bodies, then, uh, you know, we are very unique. And, you know, so the fluoride in the water, you know, that's the ways of attacking us, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's a direct assault you know, on the pineal gland, you know, because the fluoride in the water uh, causes the pineal gland to calcify or uh, to harden over time. And the pineal gland, as I briefly explained, uh, it's increased the melanin. But the pineal gland is associated with spiritual experiences, consciousness, creativity, intelligence, and uh and just our uh vibration frequency, you know, as a people. And so we're at war on that front, you know, we're at war uh when you're dealing with the hospitals and you're going there to get diagnosed, you know, you're being treated uh not as a unique individual but the methods you're being treated on, uh and the recommendations and the diagnosis is based on the white body, not the unique melanated uh black body. And uh, and economically, you know, we are at war. We continue to be uh, disenfranchised and just highly marginalized when it comes when it comes to that. You know, um, statistic-wise, they have the Asian uh, in the forefront of dealing with annual income. Okay, the Asian is about sixty-eight thousand dollars. You know, about sixty-eight thousand dollars. The white man is about fifty-eight thousand. The Hispanic is forty, and then you know, the black approximately annually thirty-four thousand dollars annually. Okay, so economically, uh, you know, we are at war. You know, we set to spend one point one trillion dollars a year, and nobody uh, has been over here long enough. We're the number one consumers, so it's not the fact that we don't have money because we have money. We're rich, but morally and spiritually, we are bankrupt, and that's because of the warfare that's waged against us spirit, spiritually and mentally, okay? And so all these different businesses. I'm up here in St. Paul, Minnesota, and on university, university, um, I guess university everywhere, uh, the University of Avenue basically runs runs through the heart of Black America or the Black world, okay. And uh, but the businesses is primarily Asian businesses. It's primarily Asian businesses up and down University. You know they pretty much own all of the businesses, and it's and and it's very few Black businesses. You know they they scattered out, but you could go blocks and blocks. And it's nothing but Asian. Uh, it's nothing but ba- it's nothing but Asian businesses that line the streets and the blocks. Okay, and so we're at war on that front economically. You know, dealing with the uh, the gentrification and just the marginalization when it comes to the income and when it comes and it comes to the money. You know, and so and that right there is a very important factor as a people. And I love my people, but just our economic structure shows that something happened to us, and it shows that we are at a war because we are the only people that has to have a, a buy black campaign, you know, uh, 
sponsor and support a black business campaign, buy a black campaign. We're the only people that have to have this campaign and practically pull the tooth to get a brother and a sister to do business with somebody that looks like themselves. Okay? And so, mm-hmm. can, can I interject on that real quick, brother? Yeah, sure. Because we're the only people that went through what we went through. Exactly. We're the only people that get attacked by all the other races as well, brother. So exactly. we just got to always keep that in mind. Exactly. Most definitely. And that's what I point out in this book or that chapter, We Are at War. I, uh, I go over those things. I clearly point that out, and I give the reasons and things that have happened uh, that, that happened and took place with us mentally and spiritually to get us where we are. So in the book, we are at war. I'm pointing out. I'm just pointing out how all these people prey on us, exploit us, and they come into our communities for the sole purpose of exploitation and profit. You know, so that's what that book yeah, yeah. is. We are at war is about and hitting on the uh, hitting on Islam not particularly picking on uh, one particular group, but I'm going to use the hell out of it because it really uh, validates uh, the point that I'm stressing of us being at war. You know, now myself, I practiced Islam for a while. You know, I practiced Islam for eight years, as I said. And in the Holy Quran, in the Quran, uh, smoking, you know, tobacco products, things that they look at as uh, haram and halal. That's the system that they're based on. Halal means lawful, and the haram means basically unlawful, okay? So alcohol will be considered haram, okay? The uh, the pork or the swine will be considered haram. You know, even the, even the tobacco could be considered, uh, you know, haram or a drug uh, in Islam. But everything that the book uh, tells them, uh, dealing with dietary guidelines and dealing with substance uh, uh, that is illegal, they come over here and rush to the black community and sell it. But the book says that it's illegal. So that right there is an act of war. So they're selling things in the community that, they know it's not fit for consumption, and they wouldn't dare use it themselves, or they wouldn't dare think to use it or sell it, uh, you know, in their countries, okay? So that right there is purely, you know, an act of war. So in the book, I point out all that in that chapter, we are at war, because we cause we only look at them as a sense of providing us, you know, a service. We look at it as we we getting what we need, we getting what we want, and it's convenient. It's a store down the street and everything else, but the same things that, they, that they're selling, they want to consume it, and they wouldn't even conceive of selling it where they came from. <laughs> like that how on that, big bro. Man, convenience is our number one killer, big bro. Mm-hmm. Well, wrong on that. Well, listen, brother, because you gave us a, a breakdown when you had the artificial means of division. You know, like, um, I think that that was a... a, a Interesting how you defined it, and if you could, could you just deal into that chapter? And uh, if you if you wanted to, uh, just read that that definition that you broke down. Okay, okay. Give me a moment to uh, turn to it in the book. Okay, the artificial means of division, and uh, that's a real unique definition. 
Artificial means of division. Artificial means of division is a subtle symbolism that is presented in a harmless, small, or insignificant way. Yet it is really designed to be detrimental. It is really designed to be detrimental by the initiator. The ploy or tactic of artificial means of division takes root in the subconscious mind. And once it does, it affects thinking followed by behavior. What is so dangerous about it is that the person does not always even know what they're doing. Is unaware of their thought process and behavior. And that's the artificial means of the vision, the uh, definition that I yeah. provide for the book. Oh, part of the sauce family. I'm in the house. I'm trying to knock on the door real quick. But, um, yeah, go Could you please just um, go ahead and expound it to that artificial means of division and just give. And just there's a couple of different uh of different points that you that we can so the people will be able to point so they'll be able to see uh how this is used against us. Okay. Such as um you know, the small petty differences that rule over us. Okay, we are dealing with dealing with dealing with the different titles. Dealing with the different titles that we call that we call ourselves, you know, and that we go by, you know, be it Christian, you know, be it uh, Islam, be it uh, you know, be it Moor, you know, what I'm saying, being the wife and whatever the different title is, or uh, that we identify ourselves as, you know, we get caught up on that, and uh, that that's the artificial means of division. Because when you break it down, the goal of the goal of all of it, you know, is the same. You know, the human being the human being, no matter what path you is on, the goal basically is the same. You know, you want you want you want some peace, you know, you want a better life, you know, you like to be healthy, you know what I'm saying, you like a better environment, you know what I'm saying, for your child, you know, you like to you know, just just be better all around. You know, saying the goals is ultimately the same, but despite the goal being the same and us ultimately being on the same path, you know, we get caught up. We get caught up on that title, and you know, we allow that to be a means. We allow that to be a means of division, but we don't see it because we look at everything as being as being faithful, or being true to the book or to the God that we is evoking and calling on, okay? And um and that right there, that's one of our biggest <laughs> one of our biggest means, uh, artificial means of division. Another artificial mean of division is us having to choose between the African and the American. Okay? African and American. In between African and American, you have a hyphen in between those words. You have a hyphen in between those words. 
and a hyphen does have the same operating principle as a as a uh, division, divisor, and division. Okay, that's another artificial means of division because in the person's mind, African or American, that poses is really designed to pose a question in the person's mind, African-American, okay? And, and internally that creates conflict because now you're being asked, subtly you're being asked to make a decision. Am I going to be African or am I going to be American? You know, it, pose, it, re, it really poses the question. And those are the, uh, you know, just a couple of the means, artificial means, of division and it keeps us it keeps us separated, it keeps us uh debating and just going back and forth and it keeps us from our biggest from the biggest threat that they have of us and that is ever coming together unifying as one, being one body. And those are the, the two biggest artificial means of the vision that has been used against us, you know, as a people. Not no doubt. We definitely got to get rid of all all these um all these Euro nut um, religions. We got to get rid of these things. All these Eurocentric, crazy uh, uh, ideologies that keep us going in circles. Because you can't you can't uh, get free with somebody else's uh, ancestral story. You know what I mean? You don't have no connection to somebody else's ancestral story, especially in the mannerism that the that these um these um, political systems are are giving now. It was interesting what you said about the Muslims and the pork and all of that, you know, and, and just service and the way that they service us over here. And that's why I say, you know, a lot of times their religion is more like a political system. Politically, they're not allowed to do that over there to keep them looking a certain kind of way. But when they outside of that scope and they in a different system, they run right along with it. And then go to Juma after smoking a cigarette, selling you pig's feet. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just a real a, a wild uh, uh, thing right there dealing with them. Um, mm-hmm. But if anybody, uh, if any of my co-hosts, I, I know y'all out there, if y'all, if y'all wanted to have, if y'all had a question real quick for the brother, you know, y'all could chime in right now before we move on to another chapter. All right. Um, uh, now we're going, to move, we're going to move on to the walking lion, the aura of man, the aura man. <laughs> wow, the aura man. Okay, the walking lion. The walking lion. Uh, now that chapter right there, when I wrote that, when I wrote that, I ain't had no idea I was gonna come up with that. But uh, you know, and so on this, I'm telling you, on this book, I really just got to give you know praise, you know, to the ancestors and to uh, you know, praise to the ancestors and to you know, for Ra, you know, for uh, cause for some of this stuff I wrote down. It didn't come to me until the pen hit the paper, okay? But the aura man, the walking lion, the aura man, okay? In that chapter, the lion 
the walking lion is us. You know, is the black man and is the black woman. Okay? And by us being high vibratory beings, meaning by us having high energy, by energy being so high in our blackness, okay, dealing with the um, dealing with the chakra system, the subtle energy channels that are aligned that align our body, okay, the head, the head, the upper portion of the body, the head. Okay, dealing with the uh the seventh chakra, uh and the sixth chakra, which is the uh the third eye, which is connected to the pioneer and the uh pituitary gland. Okay, the energy the energy has its uh its climax, its pinnacle right there where it's vibrating its highest. It brings where that top chakra that's hovering right above the head is said to be uh, a thousand petals. It's said to be a thousand petals. But at any rate, though, what I'm explaining in this book is, is that when the white man looks at us, this energy, this energy is emanating off of our body. It's surrounding, it's surrounding our head, almost like a halo, you know, or, or 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 a sun, you know, when you look at the sun and you see and you see the light emanating, the shooting out, the shooting out from its side, you know, the rays. When the white man looks at us due to our melanin content and our high vibration, they see a lion. They see a walking lion. All that light and energy that's being emitted and projecting from our head in in his mind. He sees a lion. He sees a mane. Okay, he sees a mane. That the energy that is being emitted from my ears, from my dome, it looks like a mane to him. And a lion. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. and a lion. And a lion. The lion's mane. That lion is associated uh, with the sun. You know, it's associated with the sun for its golden, for its golden brown. Uh, 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 skin or hair, and then the mane, and then the lion's mane with the hair is is equivalent to the sun's rays. So when a white man looks at us, he sees this this mane of energy around us, around their head. Okay, and so the walking lion, the aura man, is the black man, and dealing with the word, dealing with the word aura. On the periodic on the periodic table, AU is gold. AU is gold, and gold once again is associated with the sun from its reflection, uh, you know, that it gives off. And then Ra, then Ra, and all Ra. We have all Ra, so we back again dealing with the sun. We dealing with this energy. We dealing with uh, this projection and just this emanation. So the walking line, the older man, uh, in that chapter, uh, I'm breaking down and going through the classes uh, of melanin as well. And I build on that. I speak about the melanin, uh, who has the least and who has the most. Uh, so basically, that's what the walking line, the older man, is dealing with. It's dealing with our energy and it's dealing with 
the white man seeing us as a lion because of the energy that we are projecting. We surrounded. We had this mane. We had this mane, this energy, you know, that our body should give off. And, and that's what puts the fear, you know, and the fright in him, the energy that they perceive. And they could see it. You know, they could, they, they, they could feel it. They could feel it. So that's what I'm pointing out in that chapter, the walk of mine, the old man, you know. Uh-huh. And, you know, we getting down to, we we got like two chapters left in the side of the book, family. And um, I think I'm going to, we got a couple different, or a couple a couple little quick things going on right here. And um, you got the meaning of black power, race first, and support of black business. It seems like, some, and, and um. The way that it's set up, I can't really tell though. From on on this, is I can't really tell this the setup of the is the is the chapter the meaning of black power, and then these are just sub uh, parts inside of the chapter the race first and support of black business. Open up. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brother Floyd. Yeah. All right. Do you hear me? Yeah, I, I I can hear you. All right. Now I was asking about the the chapter is it says the meaning of black power. Like I said, I got it on ebook. And so, you know, the ebook okay. is set up a little you know, they sometimes they set up different and it says the meaning of black power. Is that the chapter ahead because it got race first and support of black business also like uh on the same page together. Like when okay, to well uh well, uh, the meaning of black power is the title of the chapter, and then uh, I'll just um, I'll just go through it real quick because in the meaning in the meaning of black power, I'm giving uh various definitions or shades of the meaning of black power. I'm, I'm giving uh, so I, I I just read it because it's just really broken down in like 11 different uh, sections of bullet or expressions uh, of black power. So I'll I just briefly go over that real quick uh, uh, from the book. It reads, black power represents control, but it does not represent control in the sense of lording authority over non-black races. This control is pregnant with many meanings, so for clarity purposes, I will break down and list several meanings to make this writing easy to follow. Okay, now this is uh, the question that you were just asking me for the clarity on. Okay, the first one I have listed is the right to define ourselves. Okay, that's a meaning of black power. All that comes with black power. Okay, and then number two, I have the right to be a nation within a nation. And number three, I have the right to strive for success without impediment. And number four, I have self-love, brotherhood, sisterhood, or black unity. And then the fifth one, I have race first. And then sixth one, I have knowledge of self, teaching our children according to to how we see fit and align with unique history and being a distinct race. Okay, number seven, the 
right to police, defend, and protect ourselves. Number eight, I have support of black business. Number nine, black is beautiful. Ten, I'm black and proud. And the last one I have is I can do it, we can do it. Okay, so all those are different shades or meanings or expressions of black power things that come from black power that uh, a free people or a liberated people do and have, you know, as a people. So all these are meanings of black power. So the meaning of black power is basically um, foundations, foundations of black power. Oh, no, no, don't. Because you got it, like, it's, you, know, you got a little sentence right after you put the, I can do it, we, we can do it. It says, doing what we want without permission. Taking initiative and not waiting on white men. That's right. That's black power. That's black mm-hmm. power. Because the free people don't ask for anything, they just do it. You don't have to ask for, you don't have to ask for permission. Nobody can define what's sacred to you. Or what means something to you, or give you a, uh, or give you a date. You do that mm-hmm. yourself. You mm-hmm. don't ask. Just do it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And so, you know, if you wanted to touch on a couple of things, I see you got a, a couple pieces in there by Francis Press Wilson. Um, some things in there by Kyle and Elijah. Just some different uh, little points that you put in. Um, you know, it seems like you know you just. Uh, lined it up with like different statements from different, you know, um, just so we can get a, a all-around judgment of what black power is. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely, because uh, you know, even within this, uh, I, I don't like to use. I really don't care about the word or the expression too much, but for a lack of a better expression, and this one that uh, people identify with, I'm gonna say conscious community. I'm gonna say conscious. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, even within, you know, this community, uh, it seems to be some confusion and a lack of clarity on what black power is. You know, many people got many different perspectives on what black power, you know, what black power is. Some just satisfied with just have, you know, just to think it's just, just having the knowledge you know, some is on the, uh, you know, think it's just the economic. Some just think it's just being, you know, physical and being, you know, uh, you know, making noise. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. So uh, so in the book, I go over, uh, you know, black power and the many different shades, you know, of black power. And all of it, you know, all of it is needed. All of it is needed. So that's what I go over you know, in the book to really uh, provide clarity on that and to get us, uh, you know, just saying that we're in the same fight, we're in the same struggle, no matter what front you was on, how how you see fit to get to it and express it, you know, it's the same, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, it's all the same and it complements, you know, and it complements the other. It all goes hand in hand. But in my book, I try to outline some uh, the foundations of what black power is you know, and try to paint a picture of everybody, everybody that's black, you know, as being important. Everybody that's black has, you know, has has a role and one of these person to see themselves as having a place in it, a unique place in it. So that the people or as an individual, we all produce something. We all have a gift and a talent, uh, 
we could do that nobody else could do it how we could do it. Okay, so in the book, I'm most definitely trying to uh, see everybody's being important. Everybody's having a role to play. So everybody has a role and a position to play, you know, in this fight. And uh, one of the things I want people to uh, to see and to realize is that uh, this movement does not belong to any particular, you know, one person. You know what I'm saying? It does not belong to any particular one person. And the movement itself is bigger than anybody. It's bigger than anybody. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's the message. It's the message that's important and it's bigger and it's bigger than one particular person. So it's bigger than one particular person. So within the different shades and the foundations of the meaning of black power, I want everybody to see that they have a role to play. Everybody's involvement is critical no matter what front you want. You know, we got to, you know, get back to strictly identifying with each other strictly on black first. That's it, black first. No matter no matter what, it's black first. You know what I'm saying? We could call ourselves whatever the hell we wanna call ourselves. The black the white man looks this stuff how they used to do television and that's in black and white. That's in black and white. So, you know, and, and, and that's what it's about, black power on all fronts and all ways. And so that's what, what what I'm really trying to express, you know, and convey in this book is to cultivate a real spirit of self love and identity and get us prepared for what it is that we're in and just coming together, operating as a unit. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing I point out in that book is uh it, 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 it's a chapter titled uh uh Mark, on Marcus Garvey on Marcus mm-hmm. Garvey on Marcus Garvey and I stress that that's a man that we all should know that's a man that we all should know you know Marcus the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey the reason for the whole RBG anything because he gave us the flag the Pan-African flag, the red, black, and green. And so we got, uh, you know, if we operate true in, in that spirit, then, you know, that's what we'll be. We'll be one. You know what I'm saying? We'll be one because Marcus Garvey was a Christian, but he united every damn body. You know what I'm saying? So he really expressed and exemplified, you know, black power on all fronts, all ways that you can imagine, fathomable. He did that. You know, he brought us together at once. So we got to, so we got to really, really get back into that spirit. Really get back into that spirit, and that state of mind, and being. I say, I say, is there anything in particular you want to um, hit in that chapter? Or, you know, um, you know, anything in particular you wanted to put out about Marcus Garvey? We know he was born Jamaica, August seventeenth. We will be celebrating. We will be celebrating, and, it's, and, and, and for all the, the nationalists out there, African nationalists, August seventeenth is a national holy day, you know. And, and uh, praise to the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey, August seventeenth, uh, an African national holiday. So. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, on Marcus Garvey, I, I, I just encourage the people to go. You know, to study Marcus Garvey. If you're not, you know, if y'all continue to do so, 
you know, but if you're not, you know what I'm saying, uh, selected writers and speeches of Marcus Garvey, um, Marcus Garvey, The Message to the People, uh, most definitely get that book. And, uh, you know, books by his wife, Amy J.K.S. Garvey, and uh, books by uh, Professor Tony Martin, but just uh, Marcus Garvey. You know, we want to, we really want to get into Marcus Garvey, though. You know, so it's not going to be no one particular thing to talk on. I, I just encourage the people to, uh, you know, to really, you know, get acquainted with Marcus uh, Messiah Garvey because we all should know him. We all mm-hmm. should know him. Uh, shade of that, RBG up. Black Power, you know. But listen, that's, uh, that's our brother Floyd Williams right there. And that's his overview of the Holy Black Papyrus. Get yours. It's on, uh, I believe, Lulu.com. www.lulu.com backslash shop. That's S-H-O-P backslash Floyd dash Williams backslash the dash Holy dash Black dash paperback. Oh, no, Papyrus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Papyrus. Yeah, the Holy Black Papyrus. All they can just go, you know, fam, all you got to do, you go to Lulu.com. If you go to Lulu.com, you'll get a, uh, you'll get a, you'll get a hard copy book. You get a softback book on Lulu.com. So just go to Lulu.com and uh, type in the title of the book, The Holy Black Papyrus. The answer will come up. So Lulu.com has the book. And you go to Amazon and get the book. Just type in the title again, The Holy Black Papyrus. It's going to come up. Amazon is an e-book. Lulu, you could get a hard copy. Um, and also, once again, got a forward written by the seven-star general, Sarah Sousetti of the Black Power Cartel. And, uh, you know, we went over a lot of the chapters tonight in the book. But to really, uh, I just encourage to support the book. Support the book. I wrote the book for yeah. the people. It's not my book. This is just my means of, uh, you know, contribution and, and, and trying to inspire and give back to what I have. It's not. It's not for me. You know, what I'm saying it's 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 for the people. So I read yeah. this. You know, my only desire is, is to make a contribution and see the race on top. That's the only reason why I write. Family. The only reason why I write, family, is to try to make a contribution to get the race on top, and so even if I don't see the victory physically in my time, I know I left behind some work and preparation and put the fight in while I was here. You know, I I know why I'm gone. I know when I make my transition that, you know, I left something. I I, I left some real fuel, you know, and uh, prepared them for what's ahead. And so, you know, it's not about the dollars, but, hey, books, Books got to be paid for, you know what I'm saying? The printing press and papers and all that stuff it costs, and then to grow it and take it to another level, I do need that patronage. Got to have, got to have that support. So I humbly ask for everybody's support out there of the book. So I put everything I have uh, into the book to bring it to, to bring it into fruition, you know. Amazon, like Amazon.com, and Lulu, the Holy Black Papyrus. Uh, like I said, man, you know, I got the e-book. I've, um, I breezed over it. Like, you know, I, I read about a third of it. 
third of it. It, it uh, definitely is power packed, full of information, make you feel good reading it. You know what I'm saying? And it definitely it has points of clarity. I didn't hit every chapter, and that was for the reason that I don't want to give everything away to the people that you got, you know, that you got in there. You know, I want to give it all to them, so then they just come to the show, won't buy the book. They just come to the show, listen to the show, and be like, I'm straight. I know what he wrote in there. You know what that? You know what I mean? You know, have some tidbits to go back in there and get, but just, it, it, definitely uh, go look for that on Amazon and Lulu.com. Uh, I'll put the link in the chat room earlier. There, uh, the link is inside our event. We're, let me make sure that it's also, uh, make sure the link is also inside of the group, Feet on the Ground group, but it definitely is inside the event. That's why I'm looking for that. Uh, let me think. What else we got going on with this? And, and uh, well, family, right now what we're going to do, we're going to open it up for questions and our comments. And uh, so we might as well start this off by the Rahe Roo. I know I'm on co-host. I got the blanks moving right now. Brother Ron Hayes, co-host, I'm coming to your line. So, man, y'all know I'm coming to your line, so be prepared. Be prepared for me when I get get to your line, brother. uh, Let's see here. Brother Little, you out there? Be for you. All right, Black Power already. Um, you know, fam, I just say Black Power to the big bro. You know what I mean? Um, the books sound good. Pick me up a copy, and uh, we'll get it in in the study group. You feel me? But Black Power to you, uh, Floyd. I have Black Power, brother. I appreciate the love, man. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure that that's a part of the study group, too. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. So, America Rock. See you out there. Let's see. Black Power. Are you out there? I'm just listening. All right, then. All right, family. Be before the day, family. Be before the day, brother. Go ahead. If you got any questions or comments for the brother, Uh, I have a question. I just got a comment. I just want to say, uh, brother, we appreciate the work that you've done. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to get my hands on the work, but just over the breakdown that you just gave in the interview between you and Brother Morn, um, seems to me like you have put together a very strategic manual that would help the people, you know what I'm saying, break the chains of Memphis side due to the, uh, due to the effects of this uh, crack of each European religion and and, and uh, the influences on the uh, slavery or the mental capacity of our people. So I just want to uh, give you a black hand clap for that and say black power for that, brother. And uh, don't worry about it, brother. Your contribution to the people uh, will be reached in the minds of all the people. We're going to put the book in a study group, and we're going to go over it thoroughly with the people and make sure that that book is in the hands of all people. I just want to say black power to you on that, family. God bless you, brother. Bless you. Praise be to God to the ancestors, and once again, I'm thankful to 
you know what I'm saying, had the privilege and opportunity to, you know what I'm saying, be on these airwaves, you know. We're gonna we're gonna bring you back after we go after we go over it thoroughly, man. We you know I, we get the copies hard in our hand. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna definitely want to bring you back on. You know, go over it again. You know what I'm saying? So, so then that way we can be real in depth and thorough about the different about different points of points inside inside of the um, book. Uh, uh, part yourself real quick, brother B. Uh, okay. Brother Floyd, I don't know if I missed it, but how, how, how long did it take for you to make uh, put the book together, brother? Wow. Well, I, I wrote this book. I wrote this book in like two, three weeks. About two, three weeks, I wrote this Holy Black Pastor. Okay, so you was in that shit they call the zone, huh? Yeah, I was. I, I, I was in the zone. I was. I was gone. I was in the zone, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, uh, let me see right here. Sister Camille, are you out there? Be sure to listen to me. Hold up. Hold up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I got her out there. I see the New York. I got it open. I don't know which one is her. Uh, but the cause is that you out there. We gotta got just lit up in here. Well, let's see, sister. Uh, let's see. We gonna go to um, we go to South Texas and see if South Texas got a question or uh, comment. Black Power, be forty eight. Got a question or comment for our brother Floyd Williams on the Holy Black Papyrus. South Texas, your line is open. Uh, all right. North Carolina, you got a question or comment for our brother Floyd Williams? They out there. It's a gang going. Let me see. We're going to go to Michigan. Michigan. Going to the lake. Michigan, you're lying open. Is it me? Can you hear me? Yes, indeed. I can hear you out there. You got a question to comment for our, for our family, Brother Floyd Williams? Oh, well, peace and love, everybody. I want to just say hello and thank you. Black Mr. Rashida, Black right, Power. Power. How you doing? Um, I haven't got the book yet, but I still believe in everything that Brother Floyd is doing, and I'm just wanting to encourage him to keep on and if needed. I always tell him he is the truth and the light. And I just think that part, as as a people that we need to, you know, come together and unify in love and so um and just in and, and and just to get that understanding. But again, just because I haven't got the book yet, it's only because I'm a student, but I still believe in it and I'm happy to be on the call and I can't wait. And I told him I said as soon as the summer hit I'm gonna read the book. So Mama glad to have you. Thank you for the love, goddess. Thank you for the love, goddess. Always. That's a big queen. Uh, um, and thank you for for calling in. You know, thank you for tuning in. And our brother Floyd, you know, we make sure. Uh, like I said, though, I'm a, uh, and you know this. I want to get the hard copy. Get the hard copy, but if you get the e copy, go get it. The e copy a little bit cheaper. If you download it to your pad. You know what I'm saying? I like hard copies. Uh, so I'm glad that the brother 
put the link out when he first, you know, I don't know if that was the first day you had got the link to, to be able to put it out, but I know as soon as you gave it to me, I was on it. Like, oh, yeah, this is what I was waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we was going back and forth. He was like, brother, come on, brother. I'm like, brother, I, I like it. And then one of the things is, is when I went to go look for it on Amazon, I found that because I had the, the Amazon Prime thing, I found that I yeah. could get it. Yeah. So then it was like, oh, nah, I really wanted to still contribute. You feel me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, yo, man, he just got, he got to get the, he had a hard book because I want to be able to walk around with it. It's something that the way that I'm reading it on the ebook, it's something that is, it, it reads well where I can have it in the hood, have it in my pocket or whatever, whatever. And I could just let guys look at it or whatever. You could read a piece from it. It's something that I can utilize in classroom form and just a way to break, you know, it, it could be used like a rights of passage type of classroom setting. You know what I mean? Because the way that it's ordered up in order for us to start yeah. breaking down them chains and mental um, slavery, and, you know. So I definitely um, enjoyed the way that you had it put together. So, are we going to move down? We got, let me see. New York, your line is open. Like power, New York City. New York, New York. Big city of dreams. Going once, going twice. So, all right, North Georgia. All right, Georgia no one. Man, we got another. We got Georgia, Georgia. North Georgia, you got a question for Brother Floyd Williams or uh, comment on the uh, the Holy Black Papyrus? I'm not. I got a question for Brother Floyd. Brother Floyd, with a lot of the things that are going on in the community right now, what what are your uh, you know just just how uh, you know we get this? New uproar. What is your What are your thoughts on the media? Where are we going? Where are we, Where are we going in 2015 with this BB for and some of the insurrection that has been going on for the last year? So, and you know, and, and especially dealing with the youth. How do you think okay. that we should attract the youth and deal with? Where will we going? Uh, I I really uh I really feel. I really feel that um, we are going towards a victory. And I really feel that we are going towards a victory. And, um, you know, just looking at the uh, demographics, you know, uh, uh, this, um, demographics of this country, uh, okay, from 1990, in 1990, the white man was, was looked at as like 72 or 75 percent of uh, a United States makeup, but in 2050, you know, he he he's said to be like 52 percent. You know, basically becoming uh, what they look at as being the lesser or the minority uh, in the United States of America. Okay, and um, and so a reason that we're experiencing what people are looking at 
um, as the, uh, a lot of these recent uh, killings and stuff dealing with uh, police brutality and stuff like that. The stuff always have been going on. It's never ceased since we, uh, you know, met, met, met him on a continent, and it never ceased since we, uh, when we set foot over here, you know, in, 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 this, in this great beast, uh, America. It never has stopped. But the only difference is today, is that the uh, the so-called powers that be have reached a uh, agreement to uh, air certain things on television. Because the stuff always been going on, but the thing is it had not always been highly publicized um, how it is today with the usage, you know, of the media. You know, back in the day, you know, the white people, they used to gather about hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands and watch the mentions. Okay, and even made postcards and everything for it, but today they bring it right. They decided to bring the lynching uh, to their people by means of the media and the television. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I said, it's always been going on, but it's now, you know, just like an outlaw when outlaws on run for so long, they don't forget. They don't forget about that person. And if they really want that person, they just, they just increase the price that's on their head. And so that is the situation that is going on, okay? The white man is very uh, sharply aware of his end, of his end. And he's disappearing, excuse me, off this planet nat- naturally. So if we... uh as a family, just continue to be persistent and active and, uh, you know, proactive and, uh, you know, and just moving and working in the movement. The victory really is ours, and white supremacy is on its last damn leg, and this is the reason why you are seeing what is people looking at, uh, at, at, looking at these killings is being new or seeing like it's being resurged, revamped, or uh, refueled. You know, this that right there is the reason because he's because he's he's sharply aware of his demise and of his uh, subtraction from the face of the earth. Like you know, uh, in Europe they have a negative birth rate. You know, they losing out over here. Okay, in the uh, U.S. and so basically, it's like when a person, a person is is not more than likely gonna go out without a fight. And so that's what this is right here. The white supremacy is on its last leg, and so they fighting to remain uh, in power as long as they can, you know, because it's on its last leg. Okay, so as the people we going through, it don't have nothing to do with what we have done. You know, our only guilt has always been being black. You know, that's our, that's our only guilt, okay? We ain't done nothing, and these killings uh, that's going on don't have nothing to do with what we have done, you know? They are in what I like to call um, a psychogenetic war. In their mind, it's a psycho genetic war. So we don't have to do anything. It's not about the pants being down. It's not about the education. You know, it's not about none of that. They are in a real psychogenetic war and they are panicking and freaking out and they know that they are on their way out. So that's what is 
while all this stuff is going on, and it will continue, uh, you know, to transpire and go on. But the biggest thing that we can do, you know, in this hour is, for one, coming together. You see what I'm saying? That's one That's one of the real good benefits of now, because now more people more than ever seeing, you know, who the enemy is and where their energy should be directed toward, okay? And so, you know, I give uh, a lot of honor to Ferguson, a lot of honor to the, uh, to the families on the ground out there in Baltimore because you see the red and the blue, the bloods and the crips and all these different people who are looking at each other as being the foe, as being the enemy. That energy is, is, is uh, starting to be redirected towards the real enemy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, which is the government, which is the white man, which is their beast, you know, everything else. So everything that they intended to be for bad is going to turn out for good for us, you know. So, uh, and that's just how I analyze it, you know, the situation and what's going on. And like I spelled out, that's the reason why what's going on, you know what I'm saying? For them, they are in a real psychogenetic war. They're in a psychogenetic war. So this don't have nothing to do with us than doing something or anything. The reasoning is our divine nature. Is our divine nature. And I guess and and our uh, unique makeup. But the victory but the victory is ours. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got to do nothing but just stay busy. You know, keep mm-hmm. on repping, keep on repping the black power, keep on repping the RPG, and keep on, uh, you know, trying to reach these babies and the children and the youth. Uh, the energy is up. The energy is up. When 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 you start to see the youth moving, the energy is up. You know what I'm saying? The energy is real high. The energy is awakening, and uh, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. And, and uh, it just is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's time for a newness, and, uh, you know, that's what we're hitting into, a new paradigm. You know what I'm saying? The shift, the shift is on. The shift is here because the, because the, because the real lions, the real warriors, uh, have, have uh, you know, become awake. And so it's over with. We're we, we about, we about to go into a new world. <laughs> we're about to go into a new world. Yes, it's, over with. it's over with. It's a new beginning. Mm-hmm. No, they, you know, people didn't think this time was coming, but we already knew it was written to come because you can't hold a good thing down. It was already written for us to win. We wrote it already, and it's been ingrained in our DNA for us to come up on the win. So that just is what it is. Um, let me think. Let me think. What else we want to want to make sure that uh, so. You know, we, we see the thing uh, in Baltimore, man, you know, uh, we got a lot of this, a lot of the media. How do you think that, you know, uh, I see that, you know, you know, you thank us for having media out there. What do you think the importance and the role is of, the, of things like your books and, you know, media and things like that in uh, BB4OEN? The importance is, uh, the importance is in the, um, the point is in the knowledge, the point is in the, uh, you know what I'm saying, the information, you know. And uh, most definitely we have to uh, really most definitely support our scholars. You know, we're always talking about, you know, a story being 
told not by us or somebody that looked like us and everything else. So we most definitely got to support, you know what I'm saying, the black scholars and the authors, you know what I'm saying, that is, um, you know what I'm saying, that is putting it down, okay, and trying to represent and put things in its correct uh, perspective and tell it uh, according to, you know, our unique experience and telling it through our eyes, okay, the media, the artists, uh, be it musical, the authors, and everything else is also very important because this is dealing with information, it's dealing with knowledge, and the information and the knowledge that we come in contact with, okay, that is the uh, determining factor and the basis, okay, for change. You know, as a people, that's how we learn. We either learn through experience or we learn through the knowledge or the new light that touch us and hit us, okay? Uh, a good example is Miles Seitung. Miles Seitung, he was the uh, the president or the ruler of China, but when he came into power, the first thing that he did was control the media, control the artists, he controlled the authors, anything, anything uh, visually, Anything audibly dealing with hearing, they had the potential and the power to affect the being and bring forth a, a, a change. He controlled it, and, and and those avenues was the art, the word, and the media. Okay, so um, you know, I just encourage you know, what I'm saying supporting supporting those who was trying to put out some sound knowledge, you know. The sound knowledge in the media, well, I keep eye on the media, though, but, you know, I don't get all caught up on it, but it's good to pay attention to it, though, because it gives you insight into their minds, you know, what they're thinking, you mm-hmm. know, what they're thinking. And it gives you a means of, uh, a means of measuring the environment and seeing what's going on. You know, even though they put out a lot of, uh, you know, BS and propaganda, but it still gives you a direct insight into their mind, what they're thinking, what they're planning, you know, and just a, a good uh, barometer, you know, for them to keep you in tune uh, with the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, you know, we just wanted to, I just wanted to ask that and add on to that, you know, just to make sure that the people stay aware. Like the brother said, you know, we don't want to get too caught up in the media, but the media keeps you aware of certain things going on. 80% of, the, 80% of what the media are going to tell you is going to be lies outright. Whatever 20% of the truth they do tell you is only so they can tell you the other 80% of the lies and you just suck that down with no problem. So, um, you know, what we have to do is make sure that we stay on the, on the forefront of bringing forth information through our own hands as the brother has, has brought to us in the, in the uh, spirit of Tahuti, you know. So we definitely uh, respect that. You know what I mean? It's a, a, always a good thing. Uh, do, uh, any other, other family out there want to add on or ask any other questions of the brother? Black Powell. Black Powell. Miss Baker, um, no, what's going on, what's going on, Brother Baker? I, I, I tell sir, um, 
my 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 it's not so much as questions. It's like names, like um, Obama, Sharpton, uh, Jesse Jackson, all these people that that um, we had to fight to even get to a point of of in our family and things of putting the people in their proper perspective or their proper place. I'm just curious as to what the brother feel about the names I called. Okay, uh, you mentioned Barack Obama, Jesse Jackson. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> well so dealing with dealing with uh, you know Barack Obama first. Uh, you know, I understand his role. You know, what I'm saying his his role that he's playing. You know, I know he's just I know he's not the power. You know, he's only the face of power. He's not the power. He's just the face, you know, of power. And, uh, you know, the government or the body that he's represented is controlled by the special interest group. You know, it's controlled by it's controlled by the businessman, you know, predominantly white businessman, okay? And so, you know, he, he, he's not the power. He's just the face of power. But uh, so Barack Obama, you know he he's strictly being used, and uh, he's fulfilling his role. What it is that he was in there to do, uh, which is to uh, pretty much a throw off, a throw off, you know. And uh, and dealing with Jesse Jackson, I mean. I stand with Brother Kyle Muhammad. I asked Sister on that. You know, he called a message, Jesse. You know, I am somebody. I don't know who the hell I am, but I am somebody. You know, so but dealing with those people, I don't get, I don't get hung up on those people. I know their roles, especially you know with uh, Barack Obama. I know his role. You know what I'm saying? I know he he's not he's not in control, uh, and they. And they let him know that he's not in control because he has to be the most disrespected person, president ever been up in there. Mm. And uh, and dealing with Jesse Jackson, I mean, the power is not is not in them people. The power is in you. The power, you know, is in us. We have the you know we have the control. Then when it comes to government, you know, I guess I would be a, a anarchist. You know, because I don't believe in it. I don't. You know, I don't believe in it. Uh, it's a big, it's a big mess. Uh, it's a big trick bag. And uh, in the first four letters of the word, uh, Democrat or democracy is demo. So they let you know what it is. It's a demo. You know, it, it, it's nothing but a trial run, and 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 it's a test run. You know, so. I, I I don't believe in that system or the government. I believe that uh, you know, it really has to be overturned, you know. And uh, our freedom, our liberation, it's not gonna come through those people that's leading us uh to government or those who is representing the government. Our freedom, our rise is not gonna come. It's not gonna come through that means because you can't. You can't. You can't really get ahead or beat the system uh, 
you know, using this system because they control the system and they create the rules and the change and the modify this whenever they feel like it. You know, they do it you know, they do it according to whim or according to fancy so they can get ahead and stay ahead. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a real proponent for it. I don't get caught up on it and uh, you know, I really would put that in the category of the artificial means of division because the Democrat and the Democrat uh Democrat and the Republican, they are all the same. You know what I'm saying? The only thing that they uh is representing or challenging is the methodology or the timeliness of introducing or bringing about, you know, a certain thing. So they all serve the same food but on a different dish. You know what I'm saying? So I don't get caught up in it. I pay attention to it, but I understand their roles and all of the purposes of it. And, uh, you know, and they tell us that when you do the nap, whatever it is, the song, I don't get caught up in them songs, but uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, off top of the Pledge of Allegiance, is you, you pledge allegiance to the republic. So it's not a democracy. It's, 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 it's a republic, you know. So I, I don't I don't get caught up on those people. You know, anybody within there, you know, I I don't get caught up on those people and those personalities. I pay attention to it though, but uh, you know, it's all a game, it's a big racket, it's a big scheme, you know. Yes, sir, yes sir. Well, Brother Baker, do you have anything you want to add on uh, uh to the brother's comments? No, no, sir. I'm good with that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. All right, all right. Well, yeah, brother, uh, brother Big. I see that the UAM had uh, brother Truth out there to, uh, to uh, last night. And what, what is, what's going on out there? Have you got any information or anything to put out for the family about what's going on out there in New York? Uh, Sister Keisha and. Uh, Sister, um, I can't call her name right now, but she was Meg Evans' secretary. They're going to be over at Rutgers University um, doing a, a, a preset or something there. I'm thinking like May 12th, or I might have the date wrong, but I know that uh, Sister Keisha's going to be the main speaker. She's going to be one of the speakers. And the, and the other sister is that was um, Meg Evans' secretary. She's going to be there also. That's coming up sometime, I think, between May 10th, May 12th, something like that. I'm not sure. All right. Um, you know, this one, our brother from the, uh, from the mighty UAM. Uh, we always appreciate the brother calling in, uh, giving that spirit. Uh, uh, is there anything that Bob Maddox got going on that you think the people should be aware of? I know we still got the, um, the call-in campaign. Going and I'll look and see, you know, um, about the FCC, about the Senate numbers. Uh, he's he's doing. We um put in a petition to stop uh, ABC from getting their license renewed from the FCC uh, because you know for the show like it is, we want it back. We want like it is back. You know what I'm saying? We want, you know, to have that show to that uh, Gil Nova started, along with the Lombard Brass and uh, uh, Dr. Ben, Dr. Clark, 
we don't have nothing that 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 comes on in the trash states, which is which is uh, Jersey, New York, and I think Connecticut was doing like it is back in the days. But it's since they got a new show now called Here and Now that don't address nothing that goes on in our neighborhood, and we want that back. And we want to stop being censored. Because Brother Maddox is definitely censored right now. You know, we uh, want to stop uh, uh, sending postcards to Obama to uh, tell him that we want ABC or we want uh, ABC not to get the FCC approval. We want we want them out. We we want to put um, like it is back in. We don't want if they don't if they don't put like it is back in or give us like it is back. Then we want we don't want them to have nothing. I say. Yeah. That's the latest okay. thing the brother was doing. And of course, right. we uh, pushed a petition to have a Maddox reinstated. You know, that's that's a big thing for us. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank you very much, brother, for that. And, you know, we just wanted to make sure we got in uh, everything that we, you know, everything that we called and sort of uh, inform the people things that's going on in the community. Uh, and as you know, Baltimore is being besieged right now with uh, National Guard, police, uh, So, and only certain parts of the community is being curfewed up. We're putting the links out there. We, we, we're sending our arm out, so hopefully we can get a hand back. We see how long this thing is going on. We're going to uh, start some maybe some can drives, maybe some water drives, and we're going to see if it's about we might have to start shipping water and food in there to our to our family. We never know how uh, bad it gets. We've seen what happened in Katrina. So, with that being said, I'll definitely make sure that y'all look out for your family. My brother Minker, hold on. We had a sighting that we might have something uh, special, something good coming in for y'all for this uh, Slaughterhouse Saturday. Let me see if Brother Mekarai is still out there. Brother Mekarai, are you out there? See, we'll, we'll check it out and see what we got going on for Slaughterhouse Saturday. But please tune in to Slaughterhouse Saturday. That is 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 on the west side, the best side, as usual. And uh, we want to let Bubba Floyd give us some closing words. And, uh, you know, make sure you run the website to y'all again so y'all can get a hold of that book. And, you know, in e-form or in hardback. Okay, well, I ain't got nothing to say but Black Power family, and uh, yeah, I appreciate all everybody out there, the listening audience who who listen, uh, tuning in, you know, showing some belief and interest in me. Uh, support the book, The Holy Black Papyrus. It's our book. This is our book. And uh, you find our book, it's on Amazon. Okay, Amazon.com, you get the e-book, and Lulu.com, the Holy Black Papyrus, you get a paperback copy. You get a physical copy of the book. So, you know, I just give love and appreciation to the family for their time and their energy. You know, everything I do is strictly for the uh, betterment, 
know, of the black family and just to try to make a contribution however I can. You know, so just ask for, humbly ask for support of the work. Lulu.com and Amazon.com, the Holy Black Papyrus, our good brother, uh, General Style Sue Steady, uh, made a contribution to the book uh, through the forward. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's our book, the Holy Black Papyrus, dedicated to the resurrection and the salvation you know, of the black family. That's Yes, sir. And, you know, um, we definitely thank the brother for coming out. It's been a, it's been a wonderful night, you know what I mean? The, uh, the overview was beautiful. Like I said, I held off on a couple of the chapters so y'all have a reason to go and go pick that book up. Um, it, it's going to be something that when you give it, when you read it yourself, it, it'll bring you some, um, some strength. You'll be enthused. And something that you definitely, once finished reading it, it's easy to digest and it's digestible in a manner where you can read it, get real juice from it, and be able to convey them along to other people and not have to say such and such said, but you'll be strong enough in the information that it'll be coming flowing right from you. And as he, as he said, it, he, the way that the book is made, it does feel like it's your own book. Exactly. So with that, um, with that being said, uh, family, we'd like to thank everybody for coming out tonight. We like to uh, go out like we, you know, like we come in, and that's where the praise Nat Turner, glory to Garvey, long live the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad, praise Harriet Tubman, glory to Ida B. Wells, long live the spirit of Sister Fanny Lou Hamer, a big Bodie. Cracking in the trunk. Free the land. Free the land. <laughs> Okay. <laughs>